Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. It's Loud and Local to Stay Home Sessions here with Dan Tyson from Late September Dogs. Uh, first off, congratulations on the new album, Learning to Fall. Long time awaiting for the new Late September Dogs. Uh, first off, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah. Long and time. How are you doing, man? Like, we're doing this thing via Zoom. Uh, how are you staying safe? How are you staying sane? And and uh, are you getting restless yet? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny. This specific instance, um, I would be, I guess, being, I, I would be fairly bored, uh, but I'm one of the lucky ones. I am able to work from home. So okay. I, I am very uh, fortunate, I guess. Um, so I do still have a regular... Uh, regular job that I have to stay on top of. And on top of that, um, because we had scheduled our CD release party for literally March 28th, um, it was the, it was at the whiskey go, go in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all going to fly down. We had reservations. We had an Airbnb book. We had plane tickets. Yeah. Um, we had the whole show set up. We had bought all this merch. We had done all this stuff. Um, we were getting ready to release this record and, and, uh, it had been seven years. Like it, we, we spent seven years on this record. Yeah. And, um, so I now have to figure out a way to not only fulfill all of the orders, uh, that had come from our Kickstarter because we did a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. um, to get the record made, but now I have to sell all this merch, all this stuff that we got. Uh, so, I've now turned our uh, one of the one of the rooms in the house into a shipping center, and I'm now learning how to ship stuff out of the house. I yep. have to I have to get rid of all this all the stuff that we have. I have to I have to sell the records and CDs and all the stuff that we were only going to sell at at, um, at shows. So I've been busier than busier than hell, man. I, I've just been uh, kind of trying to keep up with the with the demand. Uh, fortunately, we. We do have a great community, and we do have a bunch of people that have been very patiently uh, waiting for us to get this record done. Um, and they are—they uh, are all—they've all been very, very patient with me as I learned to be a shipping and distribution center. Right, <laughs> not in my my skill set. I feel so, like I feel uh, like after after I feel sorry to butt in, but I feel like after all no. of after all of this, we're all going to have a few new tools on our tool belt. We're all going to be like, oh yeah, well now I know how to edit video from Zoom, and, and you'll be like, hey, now I know how to you know ship and and do everything myself, and we'll all just be right. like one man DIY, uh, you know, workforces. It's it's amazing. I had to, um, I, you know, before this when kind of the, the model was always get the record done, yep. you publish it through, you know, if you're an indie, like kind of we are, you publish it through CD, baby, it goes out. Um, and they handle kind of CD sales yep. and they send it to Amazon and distribution and all this kind of stuff. And it's all kind of out of your hands. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Uh, and then you buy CDs to sell it at, um, shows, uh, Every once in a while, um, you don't usually sit on a big stock, you know, you don't kind of buy this huge amounts of CDs that you used to, you have some to sell at shows and stuff, but yeah. you don't sit on a thousand CDs or, or, you know, you don't kind of do that anymore. But 
we sort of stocked up in order to have some for the shows that were coming up and the big release and all that stuff. So <laughs> I did it. I did it the old school way, like you would back in like '03 or whatever. Yeah, where you know you kind of have to commit. Um, but we also bought uh, we also bought vinyl. We, we did vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. The record. So, Ooh, um, sexy. We have a big. Uh, we have a big uh, kind of visual element to it, which is the the crow with the circle. Uh, I won't say a crow; it's a, it's a bird of some sort. Yeah. Let's uh, before we go any further, I did want to mention. Uh, let, let's uh, acknowledge the other people that are in your band. Uh, let's shout them out and what they do for the band. Yeah. Um, so currently, uh, my sister Liz Tyson. Um, is the singer. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, you'll hear on the record, the record has a zillion voices on it. Um, she's the, she's the lead singer and she's sort of the musical director and sort of the, the musical, um, the musical final say, I guess. Oh, um, okay. She's, uh, she's, she's the, she's the, the, the lead vocal. And then, um, Jackie Farrar is our, uh, our second singer. Yeah. Um, and Jay Smith is, uh, rhythm guitars primarily, but also, uh, vocals, um, slide guitar, harmonica. Uh, I mean, he does, he does all the things. He's, he's our, he's our, uh, utility. He's, he's on the, he, he gets more credits than anybody else. <laughs> he's the catch all musician. Yeah, exactly. Um, we are, if something comes up that we want to try, we're like, Jay, do you know how to play that thing? And he's like, I'd give it a shot. Like he plays saxophone and, uh, you know, I mean, a zillion different things. So, um, he plays, he does everything. Um, yeah. And, uh, the guys that played on the record, uh, are Louis Williams and Jeff Eason. Um, and they're no longer in the band. They mm-hmm. have, they're, they're doing other stuff. Uh, but, uh, we, uh, they're, they're the guys that have that played on record still here, uh, playing drum and bass on the record. So awesome, uh, man. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so the album's learning to fall. You said it took se- uh, seven years, uh, at hard at work on this record. Um, and how, uh, yeah. So tell me a little why? bit of, yeah. Yeah. Why, what, what was the process of making, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was, uh, bring me through the story, man. Yeah. Um, so the, <laughs> the idea was, the idea was a, I think, a noble one. Um, in practice, it wound up a little, a little more difficult than I had, I had anticipated. Um, okay. The, the idea originated with um, a, a show that we did uh, back in 2013, um, and maybe a little before that. We had been doing a series of acoustic shows, and we added a cello player. Um, oh, that's for awesome! Acoustic show, and uh, we did a show at the hard rock with, uh, that was, a, uh, uh, an acoustic, uh, acoustic, primarily an acoustic show. So we had a piano player and a cellist and a standup bass. Wow. And, um, I played acoustic guitar, Jay played acoustic guitar, but it was still the rock songs. We still did it as a rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And kind of before that we had been toying with the idea of doing kind of an orchestra record. Um, because what's a what's a better idea than an indie band recording with a you know trying to afford an orchestra record? Um, it, I feel I sense a little sarcasm talent. there. Sense a little sarcasm <laughs> there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it it started off as an idea for let's do an acoustic recording of some of our tunes um, with maybe some orchestral instrument to you know, well, let's do a full rock band with a full orchestra. Let's make that happen. Let's see if we can make that happen. Which, you know, uh, I mean, seven years is definitely too long, but uh, it, it, it was it was an idea that sort of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And then um, once we had it all recorded um, and we wound up going through quite a few producers and and we actually technically recorded the whole thing, probably three times um overall once it was all done uh we recorded some of the string parts and some of the vocal parts at least three times um we went to different studios and did different stuff and it wound up costing us quite a bit more than we thought it was going to um 
and then the mixing and arranging once it was all recorded it was this huge thing and then kind of trying to do it all on our own um it was it was kind of too much to, to figure out and we wound up um we wound up meeting an incredible uh an incredible world-class uh, mix engineer um by the name of chris lord algae at uh at, at Nam, uh, who ended up mixing the whole record? I know that name. What, how do I know that name? Oh, uh, he's won six Grammys. He's sold two hundred and forty million records. Okay, he's mixed all the bridge. He's mixed. Okay, I mean, if you look up his, he's done everything. I mean, That's why I know the name. Yep. He mixed uh, American Idiot. He mixed. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's 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 he's, uh, and and he mixed our record for free because he liked the band. So, Holy uh, man! Yeah, and and he mixed. Uh, he sent it off to uh, Ted Jensen to master it, um, and Ted Jensen mastered it for free. And if you look up Ted Jensen, um, there's there's some there's some stuff that guy's done too. Um, he did Hotel California, um, a little album that sold a few copies, right? <laughs> yeah, he's done some, and then from there on, you know, that was the, you know he's done every every gigantic thing since then. So um, that's fucking huge, we, man. We had, yeah, we we had wow we had the best the best, um, and 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 honestly, I uh, I learned um, we got to we got to fly down to L.A. and go to his studio and be in there while he was mixing it. And yeah, sit, sit in the console, which is he bought Death Row Records the from Suge Knight, Tupac. Tupac. Oh yeah. my god, dude! So we got to sit in there and listen to our record in that studio. Oh my god, um, which was which was amazing. Uh, and, um, so, and, and kind of give him feedback we've got video of us in the studio and he's kind of rocking out to our video, our song and stuff. And well, that's a priceless was, moment, dude. That's, that's, a. It was, dude. it was amazing. It was really amazing. It was, it was kind of, you know, it was validation that we were kind of going in the right direction, which was, which was really great. After Hell seven yeah. years, you know, you kind of don't know. For sure. So. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was really a big experience. And we've kind of come to the, come to the conclusion that like, if it hadn't taken us that long, we wouldn't have gotten to that point. We wouldn't have been able to have that experience, um, and have it, have it sort of, uh, end up the way it ended up. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it wound up. It wound up being for the best, I think, inevitably. Except that then we scheduled our CD release during this worldwide pandemic, which was <laughs> well, nobody could have pictured that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, tell me a little bit of okay. So, so let's go to the moment that you guys get the album, you get the mix, you get the final mix of everything, and. Uh, what was what was that feeling like? Try and uh, describe to me what that feeling was like after seven years. You and your band, you get the mix. Do you guys pop a couple uh, bottles or just? just... That, well, I'll tell you. The, well, what happened was we were in LA when we heard the mix. Yeah, uh, and he took us to this Italian restaurant nice. in LA to celebrate. Um, and it was one of those like, I mean, it was. It was total showbiz. It was great. It, you know, it was, it was really kind of like out of a movie where, like, the big red leather high back booth. Yeah. And like, knock a, like, there's no sign on the door. You just have to know which door to knock on, and they knew him. And Sounds like Goodfellas or something. It was really like, like if you watch videos of him, like he's that guy he's from New Jersey, and he's, I mean, he knows everybody. He's been, I mean, he, he makes bat dance, right? He makes the print bat dance. Like that's him. Yeah, but he, everybody, and it was it was that kind of a showbiz weekend. It was it was really incredible. Um, and uh, that was also the first time we played the whiskey. Like we played the whiskey that Thursday night. We just did an acoustic set. Yeah, and then the next couple of days we spent in the studio, kind of listening and mixing the record, mm -hmm. which was just an incredible um, experience for us. So, um, yeah, we so we we heard the mixes. Um, we had a couple things the first day, uh, like just some stuff that he, 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 the thing that was really different about what he did than what we were doing. Uh -huh. First of all, I would spend weeks on one song. 
because I was so inside of it, like mixing it. And I do audio for a living. I, I, work, I do audio research and stuff for a living. So cool. I, I, I tend to be really detailed. And But I, I had also realized that like my... <laughs> my my head was in the well we 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 have this orchestra we have this band we've done all this work we got to hear the orchestra but we also got to hear this thing we got to hear this thing we got to hear this thing and he just didn't have any of that to bother him and he was just like where's the song down like a song you needed an outside person that wasn't attached to it to come and just and give their take exactly on it. right and an outside person with the best ears and the you know, in the business. And he did that. He just kind of, he went through it and was like, well, that's what this song needs. And that's what this song needs. And so the, so the first night we went and listened to it. Then the second night, uh, we went back and heard, um, some of the, some of the kind of a few little tweaks, a few little changes that we kind of asked for. Um, and, uh, and we were just blown away and we had another, you know, breaking and went out and, and we're, I mean, we were just, we were just blown away by the, the possibility, you know, I mean, it was, it was crazy. So then it off to us. Then, um, he was the one who said, you guys have to do vinyl. Really? Um, yeah. So little did I know what that entailed. I mean, if we had had, if we had had just CDs to do, we would have had CDs out within a month and a half. You know, CDs don't take long at, at all. Um, but record uh, pressing is is a serious thing. It yeah, it really is. Um, and <laughs> and and art for records is completely different. Um, getting the getting everything into a condition uh, for them to create the art and and we also wanted to kind of rebrand and come up with a new concept and and that took a lot longer than we thought so it was about six months from when we got the masters to when we were able to get the um get the actual vinyl and uh because vinyl is so like they wouldn't give us a date yeah they won't tell you when they're gonna when it's gonna arrive yeah um they give you this like, well, between this time and this time, and that's like that's like a that's like six weeks yeah. of time. So I've made the mistake before of booking the C D release party before I actually have the, the oh, yeah. in hand. Yeah. Not so good. <laughs> yeah. So we waited. We yeah. waited until we actually had everything in hand, um, which was uh end of December. And um, the big surprise, they don't tell you vinyl was heavy. <laughs> oh yeah. And when you, when you order 600 records, they're like, oh yeah, it's 350 pounds of vinyl showing up on your porch. Jesus. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good times. So, um, so those are all available now. Are they all uh, like, are the CDs and, and vinyl available now? Can people purchase them? They can, uh, but they have to buy them for me. Yeah, um, exactly. So how can they do that? It's uh, latesepemberdogs.com slash shop. Um, and that's that's just a it's just a, a, a cart that you go to our website and you buy it. And I go into the other room and I put it in an envelope and I send it to you with my own hand. That's the best part um, is, is knowing that the person that they're watching or listening to on this interview right now is literally going to be, you know, put, taking it off the shelf and putting it in a little box and sending it over to them. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, it, it's uh, I, I'm not the best, I'm not the fastest shipper in the world, but it will get to you um, eventually. I, five I'm star. Learning. I'm learning as I go. I give you a five star review so far for at least trying. <laughs> so we're gonna go actually into a couple songs from the record. Uh, the album is called Learning to Fall, and I'm talking with Dan Tyson from Late September Dogs here on Loud and Local uh, Stay Home Session. So we're gonna go into Curse Your Name and Ain't No Rest uh, from the Late September Dogs album. Is there anything you want to say to to uh, jump into them? Um, well, Curse Your Name is the first single. There is a lyric video for that um, that's on our YouTube and on our Facebook page. Um, Ain't No Rest is a cover of the uh, Cage the Elephant tune. Yeah. Um, and 
we actually performed this on live day ksw the first live day yeah um this was our that was our that was our first uh, our first live day that was our first cover that we did uh four or five years ago i don't even remember yeah um but it was it gets such a great reception and we've been covering it for a while that uh we decided to put it on the record and it's got a little bit of a cool arrangement um of a the horn section is is real prevalent in the song and i'm, I'm really happy with the way the horn turned out so Right on. This is uh, new music by Late September Dogs. You can uh, pick this up on their album. Support local music. Support honest DIY rock and roll from right here in the Northwest. Learning to Falls the album. Here's Curse Your Name and a, and a Cage the Elephant cover, Ain't No Rest. We'll be back with more from Dan Tyson from Late S- September Dogs. <laughs> Oh, pretty little thing approaching me She said, I 
I'm talking with Dan Tyson from Late September Dogs. You can pick up their new album, Learning to Fall, at lateseptemberdogs.com. Uh, you can buy the vinyl. You can buy a CD or a T-shirt. Uh, they were going to have a CD release show, but then the world went all crazy. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, in the other side of things, we'll uh, be able to see, I'm sure, Late September Dogs play some shows uh, on the album and stuff. We'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, first off, I wanted to ask, let's go a little bit uh uh, further back with your band, uh, so you said that uh, it takes seven years for this record um, to to kind of see the light of day and and, and all these different uh, you know machinations of the album and like all these different uh, you know and how it finally came to be is a really cool story uh, and we just talked about that but um, let's talk about the beginning stages of late September Dogs. Obviously, your sister uh, is is in the band, so you guys uh, ha- uh, how did you guys form and had you guys always been performing like growing up? Yeah, um, the the story that my sister were here, she would, <laughs> she would disagree with me about the way this story goes. But the way that I remember this story is, of course, my sister is uh, younger than I am by about six years. Okay. And so when I was playing, I've, I've always played guitar. I've played guitar since I was, I don't know. I started really playing guitar, uh, you know, taking lessons and stuff when I was seven, but I, I've always just carried a guitar around when I was a kid and I just always wanted to be a guitar player. Yeah. Um, so my, when I was 15, 16, 17, I kind of had started this band and my, my mom had said, you know, put your sister in the band. And I <laughs> no, said, mom, I'm going to put my sister in the band. That's ridiculous. Like that's so stupid. And she's like, well, put your sister in the band. And so, um, my sister decided she wanted, I mean, she, we just let her be the backup singer. And, um, she was 12, I think when we started and we grew up all over the world, we moved around. We were, uh, like 
we were we lived in Thailand for seven years. We wow. lived in the Philippines, we believe, and lived in Africa and Indonesia and all these different places. Um, world tour. To be... Yeah. <laughs> the first late September um, dogs world tour. It, well, the first, our, technically our first show was in Italy. Um, Jesus, that's but, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but we, uh, we, we, we had, we had, we had a show and I had this band and it was mostly cover songs at that point. It was, we were just friends kind of doing, doing yeah. cover gigs and um, I was 16, 17 and there isn't, there's a whole lot of um, underage rules about who can get into clubs and who can play clubs and who can drink stuff in the Philippines. Like they're not super good. <laughs> yeah, sure. If you're, if you're a foreigner. So we would play gigs and, and this kind of thing. Um, so my sister would sing with us and um, we had a one gig with this big gig at this mall mm-hmm. and our lead singer uh, was stuck in traffic and couldn't make it or was sick or I never remember why, but she couldn't make the gig yeah. and we're on our way there. And my sister from the back seat, she's 14 at this point. She's been in the band for two years. She goes, well, I know all the songs. Oh yeah. And we're like, uh, okay. Like we, we were stuck and she got up there and she sang every song and just killed it. And the crowd loved her. And yeah. She was incredibly 14 years old. And she just destroyed worlds up there. And, so she's been the current person of of every band I've been in since then. Like she's just been amazing. Um, wow. So that was sort of that was a band that was a <laughs> that was a band that we had, and uh, this was a. We, <laughs> so that wasn't late September Dogs, right? No, that was the first. That was the first sort of band we. They, they were called. This is terrible. Oh. They were called Excess Live. Which is one of those things you think is really clever because it's evil sex spelled backwards. <laughs> is absolutely awful, just awful. Evil like, sex, cringy, cringily awful. Um, it's it's actually an upgrade because the original name of that band was Youth in Asia. Was Youth in Asia? Cause we were in the Philippines. I and get it. Even, I get it. Even worse, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sixteen-year-old me was not clever. Um, <laughs> so that was our first sort of foray. And yeah. then years later, uh, we were living in Italy and we wanted to play, we just wanted to play one show. And yeah. there's a Melissa Etheridge song called the late September dogs. And it was one of the songs that we were covering and we had put a band together for this one show. And it happened to be September 26th, 28th. I can never remember the date. And, um, we had, couldn't come up with a name for the band for that one show. And we just thought, Oh, we'll just call ourselves late September dogs because it's appropriate for yeah. this show. And, um, we wound up, uh, that when we moved to Seattle, we couldn't pick up a name. And so we just used that kind of in the same way, like, Oh, we'll figure out something else. And here we are <laughs> years later, we never changed it. We never figured out something else. So what um, year did you move to Seattle and, and what brought you to Seattle? Uh, well, when we moved back from overseas, uh, we made the, you know, the decision as many people do to make a go of it in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, that proved to be difficult, as it often does, um, and uh, we decided we needed more to sort of start out with. We didn't have a demo. We didn't really have anything. We were just sort of going to open mics and. And it wasn't really going anywhere. We spent about a year there trying to put a band together. And what we really sort of discovered was people in L.A. are mostly interested in their own stuff and sure. not interested in forming a band or yeah. anything like that. So um, we figured if we're going to come back here, we need to have an established thing. So um, our parents had moved up here when they came back. Um, and so, you know, moved, moved into the parents' basement, made yeah. a demo. Uh, and, um, formed a band up here and that was, I'm going to, I'm going to give it away here. Um, but that was 99. Yeah. So that was our first gig as, as LSD. I, we, we go back and forth on this, but I think it was 2000. Nice. I think it was 2000. It might've been 2001, but I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but it was, uh, it was somewhere in there. 
so we went yeah so that was that was the first one and we had a we had a, a full-length record that we released in 2006 um called anything but beautiful and uh we did a an ep in 2010 and then we were supposed to have this out in like 2013 2014 but no such luck um and so uh yeah so here we are <laughs> Well, uh, real quick. So you meant you, you kind of like hesitated to tell me that, you know, you guys started in 99 or whatever. And I just real quick wanted to mention that there's no, uh, that you know that you shouldn't feel like any kind of weird feelings about that because Shame. you guys have that's that's a currency you know like that's that's like you guys have equity here in the scene and you have your own place carved out within you know 20 years of fucking grinding and playing shows and and doing it yourselves and and the 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 hard work and and the you know shows in LA and 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 you know trying different things and and you know you know different machinations of the band you know and and everything so i'll just you know just really want to quick to mention that you guys have that currency and and you have that you know equity within the scene because of that hard work so there's nothing weird about that well thank so. you yeah you're thank welcome thank you i i do think i do think seattle is fairly unique in that way and that it doesn't necessarily value um you know it doesn't necessarily value the novelty of something. It, it doesn't have to be new. It can be, you know, it can be sort of ground down and, and it could be, uh, it still has value if it's, if it's been around for a while. Um, you know, like, like Seattle seems to respect, um, work mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and whereas, you know, LA is, seems to be about, what's brand new and shiny and sparkly, Yeah, you know, and the, the music industry in general kind of seems to be, you know, Oh, look over here. Oh, look over here. You know, there's somebody new every 35 seconds, you know? Um, well, we might not be as attractive, but we've, uh, we have the experience. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the music, you know, the music, the music is good. The music, absolutely. I think, I think the music holds up. That's, that's what, I think that's what's important. And that's what it's all about, man. And um, so before we get into a couple more songs from the record and, and we talk a little bit more about, um, you know, things to come here and, and hopes uh, of the uh, other side of this craziness of the world's going on right now, I wanted to uh, ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. So uh, uh -oh. just know that, uh, you know, you have as much time because I, I have all the time of the day. But I was wondering, <laughs> uh, pick four albums that made a distinct impact and positive impact on your life oh man four uh four four records so i'm i'm a weird case i tell you i'm i'm one of those guys and uh, if you're a guitar player you you know who i am uh i'm one of those guys that all i ever wanted to do was play fast okay um and that was my that was my thing and i went to gita went to the music school that teaches you how to play fast, man. That was what, that was what it was for. Yeah. Um, and I did that and I, I was, when I got out of school and this is 94, when I got out of school in 94, I could play as fast as just about anybody at that point. You talking um, about like shred style or like thrash? Yeah. Like just shred, like, okay. Like, yeah. 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 Really shred all the stuff, yep. which if you recall what was popular in 94, that was not no it. no. <laughs> I had not gotten the message, um, uh, and what was what's funny? Uh, one of my favorite eras uh, of music is that sort of nineteen ninety or like late eighty nine to like ninety three ninety four of those bands that like were still pushing the like hair metal thing. Yeah, and like there's a bunch of great stuff in there of guys that could really play but hadn't really heard that it was over, and. I love that stuff. Like yeah. that's my, that's my, my genre to kind of go into. Um, but that being said, that was kind of my, that was my thing. So of that, of that genre, there's the, the extreme record pornography, mm -hmm. um, is a huge influence on me and the way I play, uh, specifically, you know, Nuno Betancourt is just going to be kind of one of my, one of my top guys. Um, I have to say, <laughs> this is gonna, this is, this is for the people that don't know anything but their one hit, but, uh, Mr. Big, um, probably the second Mr. Big record, um, 
because Paul Gilbert as a guitar player was one of my huge, huge influences and probably the guy that made me want to go to school and learn how to play a guitar. Yeah. Um, and then it, then it shifts and then kind of about mid nineties, um, I started paying attention to songwriting and guitar players that were a little more tasteful. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wrote <laughs> songs, more, uh, more careful and and yeah, and I got I got really into David Gilmour. Nice um, from Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. and The Wall is to me kind of the number one, and to me, honestly, more than more than Dark Side. I'm more of a Wall guy, than Dark Side guy, okay. because the story and the, the sort of push pull of Waters and Gilmore and the, the way that whole album goes together. Um, to me, the wall is, the wall is much more my record. Uh, and, um, and then for kind of songwriting, when you get to, um, like when you get away from, oh man, you get away from stuff like, like dream theater, uh, which is where I went for the nineties. Like I disappeared into prog metal yeah. from like 92 to like, I don't know, almost 97. Like I just went dream theater and everything that was going on with dream yeah. theater and all that stuff. Just all the newly, newly highly technical stuff. And I still love that stuff. Like that's still my thing, but I'm able to kind of go, well, what if we just had three chords on an acoustic guitar? Like, sure. you know, Bob Dylan and, you know, change the world. And, you guys are over here in 15-8. And I, eh, you're going to do more with the three chords. Sure. So, um, the, I would say for songwriting, you have kind of Melissa Etheridge's maybe second record. Okay. It, it's a toss-up. It's, it's the record that has, uh, oh man, I don't know. She did your little secret, which was this a record we covered a bunch of songs off of. But it was a it was a it was an exercise in learning. Okay, songs don't have to be that complicated. Nice, um, you can strip it down. I mean, yeah. he taught us all that, right? Like that lesson had been learned, but I didn't learn that lesson until I looked. I listened to her stuff, and I pr- I always prefer female singers. I love female singers. Um, I think mean, I think mean, I think female singers are just more emotive and more capable. And I, I've always enjoyed listening to female singers more. So I didn't really get it until, uh, the sort of acoustic most average stuff. And I was just like, Oh, you can, you can get there with three or four chords Yeah, and you don't have to get super complicated with it. So, um, nice. I don't know. I mean, I, I got to mention purple rain. Yeah, like, there you go. I went, I went around on Prince I loved Prince as a kid. Then I went to music school and was like, this is dumb. And then once my ear developed, I went back and was like, oh, no, Prince figured it all out way before everybody else did. Yeah. <laughs> no, he had, between Prince and the Beatles, like they didn't leave anything for the rest of us. No, I'll give you five, okay? So that was, uh, that was okay. Extreme, Mr. Big. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was Extreme, Mr. Big. What was it? The, the Wall. The Wall. Melissa Purple Etheridge Rain. and Purple Rain. Melissa Etheridge, yeah. Purple Rain. Yeah, that about. I mean, as far as like influences and and where I come from, that'll that'll about that'll about do it. Right on, man. Um, I think I think if you asked anybody else in my band, that would probably <laughs> that would probably be where I'm where I'm coming from. I mean, Images and Words, the Dream Theater record, like that was a huge thing for me too. But I don't really write from that place anymore. Okay. Um, Nice. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so l- let's talk a little bit about, so let's be optimistic here. Uh, we don't need to be too negative, but like, let's just say we're on the other side of this things, whatever the timeline be, uh, uh, obviously things are changing every day. Um, we're on the other side of things and it's, it's okay to congregate and, uh, you know, we can, we can go to functions and go to concerts uh, safely again. Uh, what, what are your guys's, uh, you know, kind of goals and, and some things you want to achieve, uh, once we're past this, uh, weird state of the world? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I want to I want to say is that we have tentatively, I mean, tentatively, we have rescheduled with the whiskey um, for June thirteenth. So as that date gets closer, we rescheduled that back uh, probably a week before, kind of last week of March. Yeah. So at that point, it seemed like it was 
may be possible. Um, as we get closer, I don't know if that's really a, a realistic option. Sure. But right now, we're scheduled for June 13th at the Whiskey with the Dima. Um, nice. As as the makeup gig for our show, um, and that's a that's a, a show that we actually have. Uh, they've been they've been really nice. And they gave us a huge guest list uh, for free. Anybody, anybody from Seattle, if you make the trip, yeah. we had a bunch of friends that were going to make the trip. Nice. Um, and if you make the trip, we'll give us your name, and you won't have to buy a ticket. You just get in for free. Um, Cross our fingers on that one. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my guess is they've been great. Like that that company and the, the people that run that place have yeah. been great to us. And I'm guessing if that gets canceled, we'll reschedule again. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever needs to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so that's June 13th at the Whiskey. Uh, we also tentatively have June 20th um, at El Corazon. Okay. Uh, with Wyatt only, I believe. Um, if that's still happening, if that, you know, who knows exactly. what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then 4th of July in Puyallup, uh, if that's still happening. So those are our, that's, that's kind of, that, that was going to be our big summer um Kind of those are or our big summer summer shows, and nice. then what we really want to do is do a show with the full orchestra. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I mean, trying to find a place that will ha- let us do it, and then trying to find the budget to be able to pay. Because uh, I'll tell you, the one thing about uh, orchestra musicians is they don't wait to see how many tickets you get sold. Nope. Like their union. They get paid yep. whether they show up and they get paid. Like yeah. that's if they're sitting around, they get paid. They don't, you know, they're monster players. Every they're not, people that they're not starving artist, uh, punk rockers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're not waiting for drink tickets. They don't. Yeah. They're, they show they're up serious. and play and get paid. Yep. <laughs> and w- what I'll tell you, it was, it was, it was such an incredible experience, uh, learning and, and playing with some of these people. Mm-hmm. Because they would come in and had not heard the songs before, had not listened to our music, had no idea who we were, maybe had just come out from playing something else, and would sit down with the sheet music. We had this amazing arranger, this guy, Bradley Hawkins, who was the cellist on the record, and had also done all the arrangements, um, and had come up with uh, some original parts, and and, um, we had, kind of the way it worked, we, we would have ideas, and he would have ideas, and we would kind of agree on what the parts were but a lot of the orchestration was it was him um i mean all of the orchestration was him let me make yeah. sure i get that correct um but these players would come in having never heard it before and having never seen the music before mm-hmm. and within 10 minutes look through it we would do one pass and the first pass was great i mean completely usable wow first pass in the song four minutes in completely usable the second pass was lawless like the second pass they nailed it holy crap by the third and we would do by the third one it was inspired and they were sort of taking little creative liberties and they knew they just had it they just stuck it and so most of the time we ended up using the third pass but that's only 15 minutes that's 15 minutes in and that's 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 one song essentially from start to finish with three instruments completely done and I've never, I mean, I've never experienced that in a rock band. Like if you told a rock band, they only had three tries to get a whole song a hundred percent correct. Like you're insane. That's not, there's no way. Yeah. Wow. Um, so. So there's a reason why they get paid the way that they get paid because they do good work. And they, and I mean, and they're reading, I mean, they're reading it in real time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're looking at the paper. I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, back and forth. I, when I left music school, I could read music fairly well-ish. Not like, what's that? You're like, I could read music-ish. I could-ish. Ish? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, if I sat down with something for a while, I could probably figure it out and get, get through it. But, like, straight up, I haven't used it in 25 years. Yeah. Because it, it's not how you, you don't know, you know, use it anymore. And it just goes away. And I haven't. I could. It would take me forever to sit down and try to, try to learn something. But these guys just just straight through, you know, Damn. they would just read it straight through and it was amazing. And, um, and it was, it was really incredible. And 
they would say, they looked at us and they're like, you guys are, you guys are playing this from memory. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I mean, that's like, we have to, cause we go to rehearsal. Like we have to rehearse this yeah. stuff over and over and over yeah. to be able to play it. Like you guys come in and just read it and it's great, but no, we can't do that. Yeah. So it, it was really an, an eye opening experience working with these amazing, amazing the horn section, I mean, the horn section was incredible. These guys were just amazing. So, so that would be cool. Really that that would be cool to have that as like a full live experience, man. That's like a that would be really really cool. It's gonna take a lot of time, but that would be a totally a worthwhile like live experience. I feel like you know, in charge of a little bit extra, you know, on that one, and and make it. You know what I could really see uh, is is if you could do that at the uh, what is that venue downtown? The like really nice dinner theater one. We tried the triple door. Triple we went door. after them. We went after them to give us a night, but to, you know they it would, to make it worth it, it would have to be a Saturday. They mm. get booked out like six months ahead of time. On sure, sure. I mean, I've been, I've been, we've been in contact with them. They just won't return emails. I mean, I don't blame you know. They, Fair enough. They need a national to pay for that room. I, it just gets into like what can we afford? How how would we do it? Well, it's certainly a good vibe, and uh, and there's there's places like that out there. So uh, yeah, for sure. But at, at at now, you know, you don't have to worry about that because we can't play shows. So, <laughs> like, so you know, that's down the road. Uh, but at the meantime, you guys do have a bunch of albums to sell, and uh, they're ready to go, and, and you'll be the one shipping them. So, um, I will. Yeah, is there? Uh, let's plug your stuff again uh, one more time before we go, and and then uh, you know, go from there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, latesepemberdogs.com slash shop. We have. Um we have the CDs available. Uh, we have T-shirts. Uh, we have old and new shirts. Um, and I don't want to say old; they're just a different logo. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the we also have vinyl, and we have collector's vinyl, um, which is a number. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that. I'll, I'll put it. Uh, you, oh that yeah, I can see up? that. Yep, yep, I can see that. So it's, number it's fourteen. A foil stamped number. Nice. And we. We'll, we only did a hundred of them, and um, of the, uh, and we're not doing any more. So they're numbered one to a hundred, um, and they're uh, collector's edition. You know, if, if this record ever does anything, yeah, uh, this this is a shot to grab a numbered collector's edition, and um, we will sign it uh, if they if the if the person who's ordering it wants it signed. We can also do a signed collector's edition, but it does mean that we open it. Yeah. So they have to sort of specify. Uh, there's a place on there to get those. Um, and the collector's edition, we're only doing, we're only doing, actually only selling 89 of them because we kept 11. Yeah. The first, the first, the top 11 numbers we kept for the band. Um, and um, so those will be, those are also available. Um, uh, so yeah, shirts, CDs, uh, vinyl, and there's regular vinyl too. And that's, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's also there. Um, awesome, so, man. That's for sale. I also want to warn everyone, if you do go uh, on the various uh, websites, um, not ours, but the various websites, there is a band called Late September Dogs from Germany mm-hmm. um, that broke up in 2005 or 2006, uh, and their music is available out there, and that's not us. So if you hear a guy singing, it's not us. All right. Good to know. Um, so... We're going to go into a couple more songs from the album, and uh, before we do that, I wanted to ask, is there anything you wanted to say uh, to anyone who might be listening and, you know, they're staying at home and maybe their life is a little bit on, on pause right now? Is there anything you wanted to say to anyone before we jump into uh, the last two songs here that we're going to play from, uh, uh, which are I Am Not Proud and My Last Mistake? Yeah, um, I think I think this is, a, this is an unknown time for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it, it's really... Uh, it's completely un- unexplored territory. Yeah. Um, I understand how lucky I am and I understand how difficult it is. And I, and, and I also know that I think everyone is running on reduced ability to, to cope. There is a, there's a poster that's also for sale. I don't want to mix this up, but the title of the record is learning to fall. And it's about how, as people, we move through life learning that 
we continually are stumbling and that we are continually hitting the ground. And if you don't know how to do that, you don't know the best way to get up again. Uh, if, if, you, if you learn how to fall, you learn to protect yourself. You learn the best way to um, stand back up. And I think yeah. um, you also learn a way to help somebody else learn who hasn't yet learned how to do that. Yeah. Um, you can offer your hand and say, I've been through this. Let me help you. Yeah. Um, let me help you and let me help you learn how to, how to recover from this. Uh, and I think that's something we're all doing right now. Uh, I don't think anybody's, um, been through this specific thing before when we all have different ways of dealing with it and we can all kind of reach out and say, you know, if you need help, I can help. Um, music is the only thing I know how to do to help people. Yeah. You know, this is, I hope, I hope there's some, there's some, uh, solace in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily, I don't mean that you have to send me money in order for me to, (laughs) to help. There are ways to get this and that, that are free. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if you want to hear it, you can absolutely do that. Um, I hope I hope people enjoy it, and I hope it's useful for them in this kind of difficult space. Oh man, I appreciate that. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> uh, so, right on, man, dude. Thank you so much for your time. And, and uh, we're going to go into uh, the last two songs here, um, which are uh, not the last two songs of the album, but the two songs uh, we chose to play. Uh, so, um, I am not proud, and my last mistake. Dan uh, Dan Tyson here from Late September Dogs. Is there anything you want to say about these two songs before we jump in? Um, I am not proud. Is uh, the first song uh, that we actually released we we did that as a demo for um the kickstarter that we did so there's a version of that that's out there on a video um and this is the final version this is the mixed version uh chris lord algae mixed this and uh it's much better cool cool (laughs) than the one we did originally and then um my last mistake uh we haven't teased or we haven't used any of this for anything so this is the first time anybody's heard this uh, unless you bought the record and it was this was the last song that was written. It's the only song on the on the record that doesn't have uh, the orchestra on it. It's yeah. just a broad, brutal rock song. So uh, enjoy. Right on, dude. Thank you so much for your time, bro. Rock and roll, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.